0: Thank you for joining me on this journey, and now, let's create a life we love. All right, all right, what's up, everybody? My name is Tudor, and this is the 7 Transformations podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm here with one of my awesome, awesome friends, Dr. Payam Otad. Hope I didn't butcher your name. (laughs) you you, right on. (laughs) All right, my friend, so let's get going. We're talking here with Dr. Payam about... Uh, his life you know he's an orthodontist but that is uh, only part of what his life is about he loves to travel he's actually doing a lot of uh, things in the area of creating new and exciting worlds for himself as well as uh, in the world of orthodontics I'll let him tell you more a little bit about that so give him a little
1: taste of your life by okay um, hello, everybody! Um, thanks for tuning in and listening to us. Thank you, too, though for having me. Absolutely, yeah, Elvia, it's a pleasure to be here and share some thoughts and ideas and life experiences with your audiences and yourself.
0: Cool. So, what um, you know? Let's let's jump right in. What do you? You obviously an orthodontist. What do you? do you said you recently reduced your work schedule you got some we were talking a little bit off air about Mm -hmm. your life and you were um starting some new ventures new and exciting things pretty cool pretty cool stuff in the last couple months
1: can add a quick intro to that you know it took me i was born and raised in iran i've been a dentist back there and then because my family was here and i got passionate about pursuing my education to a highest level possible which is our education system here in the states and it took me um I graduated 2001, finished working out there in 2005, five six, and then I started traveling. So I went to Australia, did my master's out there, I came here. So it's been, I don't want to give the whole resume thing, but literally 15, 16 years of traveling and studying and taking tests and following the academic <laughs> pathways and requirements. A lot and of delaying of gratification with medical fields, A man. lot of <laughs> delayed gratification, exactly. <laughs> Wow and then uh,
0: does I'm the sure. toilet is it true that the toilets flush the other way in australia i'm curious
1: <laughs> i actually i checked it out i don't, i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have always wondered about that I haven't been to the southern hemisphere yet so
1: no, yeah, it it is. Um, uh, it's fun when you're down there. It's summertime, and up in northern hemisphere, it's just wintertime. It's fun to have that interaction with friends. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, after fifteen, sixteen years, and I finished all the requirements, I become a board-certified orthodontist. The highest levels of educational achievements. That was the dream come true, and I start working as an orthodontist. And then, after three, three years, I got to this routine of, okay, I'm going to work, do the craft that I love. Mm. But something is, something is missing. And then mm. I, we took the Landmark course at the leadership program at Landmark. Something triggered me. Is this all about? I follow the status quo and mm. become the best students, become the best professional, and then go make money. The part that I serve people is fantastic. Yeah. And the craft of orthodontics is fantastic. But getting to the routine of making a daily living I noticed something was missing. So that's when the alert came up. You know, it's more into life just doing a professional work hmm. and making a living. I have a mission. I have something in my heart and that something I have higher. Something higher purpose. Higher purpose is kinda of cliche, but just deep desire that yeah dragged me to create something. And yeah. First step was to create a community community of long-minded people that they are not just about it's not about me it's about compassion it's about giving and as I said these words might sound cliche Mm -hmm. but it was really what triggered me to reduce my work hour and create this new um, orthodontic coaching business which is brand is just really at conception right now that we are talking that's really
0: exciting because it's very unique in that field I mean orthodontics obviously like you said is such a pinnacle of academic achievement. Um, but what you're creating, especially you said you wanted to launch a podcast too with it and share your lessons and, and ideas. That's a very cool thing because you don't tend to see that too much in, in that world, do you? Yeah,
1: that's very true. not I mean, there are some few yeah. They're more business oriented. Which, right, right. Of course I have a business and yeah, intention yeah. out of that. But um when you look at it deeply the niche, the, the unique niche that I might have, that not many colleagues of mine have, is um, I've been in different three continents. I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. I changed my education in two different languages and different systems. I worked as a general dentist and then I specialized. And then I did my research in basic science and biology and everything wow. in Australia. So I've seen this whole wide range of things. And at the time that I was a research student at University of Sydney, I was a dental assistant because I didn't have a license to do the actual dentistry work. So in the afternoon, I'm, rubbing, I'm wrapping a trash can and cleaning up the office and doing whatever a dental assistant does, mm-hmm. which is a I have much more respect for my assistant since having oh, yeah. experience. Oh, yeah, once you
0: have that experience.
1: <laughs> and then I go in the morning in the office and doing like the highest advanced um, research on biology, cellular biology and all that. So I think that gives me a unique perspective um, that bring the younger generation today together and mm. see what can we do for our profession and for the people that are we serve. Yeah, the future. What's the future look like? What the future look like, especially with the changes that is happening with all, you know, artificial intelligence. Oh yeah. Everything comes up as a. We gotta give you the background, but the artificial intelligence, the machine learning, and the changes that. In a lot of fields is happening it's the same same thing to us, so if I am focused on following the same status quo, okay, I became the good student, finished my board certification now I have to open a successful office, and the successful office in a f- free market entails I have to compete with my next door friend mm. and I am by the core, I'm not a competitive person I mm. love. Um, compassion. I love yeah. kindness. Yeah, exactly. Different so values. That took me to the point to go against the status quo and break this pattern and see what I can do differently. Still, I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about technology. Yeah. I'm passionate about education and learning. So, I noticed I got to do something in that realm. Mm. And, I spent 15, 20 years of my life to learn what I learned and I'm an expert at. So, i got to do what I'm passionate about in that domain because I know I can produce more results that way. Yeah, and more so meaningful, more meaningful
0: right. results too. You now that you have a, so. a, a skill and expertise, like you said, now there's this added layer of meaning. And, and it, doesn't nec- it doesn't take away, it just really adds on top of to what you're doing. It gives it another layer to the cake.
1: Very true. You yeah. know, I, I can't give up serving my patients. That's a yeah. beautiful part, but to keep a balance between those two, that's where I'm going right now.
0: Yeah, cool, man. That's that's really cool. Did you know that uh, you wanted to be an orthodontist when you were a kid, <laughs> or is that that's something? N- not were as a kid, <laughs> playing with your grandpa's dentures or something like that.
1: <laughs> no, not as a kid. I think it struck me um, early years in high school mm. that I want to be a dentist. As I said, as a kid I always been passionate about people. Yeah. About their faces, people's eyes and mm. what's happening in their world. Um that attracted me and then at the time was a lot of my friends in high school that they were good students, they would go that route and mm-hmm. I found it interesting. And I was into music at the time. Yeah. And there was a craft attached to it to work with my hand as a dentist. So mm. I got attracted to that.
0: And you play uh you what instrument do you play again?
1: Santur. It's um, a per yeah. hammered Persian version of Hammer Dulcimer. We yeah. know it here as an Alpen and here as Hammer Dulcimer. Nice. But it's called Santur. Yeah, I played. I was I I grew up with that instrument since I was nine years old.
0: You recently uh did you get one again or you got back into playing it? I forget we were talking about no, it. No, I've been
1: continuously You're playing. playing. Okay, okay, the yeah. The amount of time that I spend with my instrument is way less than before. Yeah get into responsibilities of life. <laughs> I recently learned from Jordan Peterson. Oh, I uh, love Jordan Peterson. Uh, yeah, this yeah. psychologist. He was saying no more than 20% of your day should be spent on responsibilities, but you have to do that 20%. Right, right. But you've got to design your life to spend 80% of that on what you're passionate about. Oh, I love that, yeah. But you do it for anything. So and that music is definitely part of that 80%, and mm. I want to bring it back
0: And that's a good rule, you know, like 20%. Because a lot of times you think about how much of our unhappiness in a life that we live is due to the majority of our time being spent on things that we aren't passionate about. Yes. I think that you could really use that as a formula for determining your happiness. Because if you're, most of your time spending on things that you're not passionate about, that you feel, you know, I always use this, this kind of reminds me actually of a of a diagram that I use with my students and, and clients about stress. Mm. And I I take a piece of paper and I take a, a pen and I draw like a little wave, you know, up and down. And I say, you know, stress is a normal part of life in the sense that fluctuation is inevitable. That's that's a primary principle of the universe. But Stress is not the problem because that kind of stress is actually healthy. It's important for your muscles to contract and to lift weight and to relax and stretch. Those, thi- those kind of stressors, mm-hmm. physical stressors, are important. Your heart has to be stressed to grow you know, strong and things like that. But there is a different kind of stress that's relatively unique to social animals or let's say human beings, but there's other social animals too like monkeys. But that's the kind of stress that deals with how things occur to us, and there's a mismatch between reality and the reality internally. And then I draw that same wave, but reversed. So if you can imagine where the the peaks and valleys are of the first wave that I drew, okay. I inverse it. I draw the next line inversely. So basically, when life is up, we think, "Oh my gosh, you know, I I need to save money and." What's, you know, my life sucks or whatever. When life is down, it's like, oh, you know, I wish, you know, I had more, you know, this, you know. So we're always mismatched with what we're doing. And, And why I brought that tangent is that how you spend your time, if you spend your time doing things that you don't want to do, then that time is a mismatch. There is something you're doing and there's something that you'd rather be doing. And that kind of mismatch creates the most chronic toxic kind of stress i think that's really important for creating a life you love and creating just health in your life because i've met so many people where they're in this chronic state of unacceptance you know with their situation and for one reason or another and it's very very unhealthy because it tends to keep you there you tend to get cynical you tend to get unhealthy it drains your energy so you're not going to be as motivated to take action anyway you know it's like this mm-hmm. pull towards nothingness
1: and it becomes a vortex your yeah, psychology it's a vortex. goes weak and then your physical yeah. environment changes and i it call it the call out. of
0: the void you know mm-hmm. i call it this, there's this natural pull of the universe towards you know what do you want to call it self-destruction there, there's one pull towards integration and higher level stuff and there's a pull I don't think of it as good and evil. I just think of like these two pulling forces. Hmm. You know, there's, there's a general pull towards nothingness and dispersion. Things of order tend to go to disorder. That is a, a physical thermodynamical, thermodynamic rule that the more organized something is, the more forces tend to pull on it and to disintegrate it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there is a tendency to stay at those low vibrations. So we have to maintain that positive mindset
1: which is very important i want to add to that yeah with my some um, past couple of years athletic experiences that i had i did an ironman last year so i got oh nice drawn into um uh, water running two years ago that's uh what is it running what a swim bike and run a swim bike and yeah. run yeah, yeah i just started i set a goal for myself okay i want to do a marathon mm. and then i just kind of had this Ah, back of my mind, you know, I set this New Year goal, but I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I learned about integrity. Mm. So that integrity was a good force. I set the goal and I'm going to make it happen. So while I was training for my marathon, I and learned... And integrity in the sense of really... Not the moral integrity. Yeah. Integrity that's just... I promised myself that I'm going to do a certain number of hours training a week. Got so it. in six months, I can reach my marathon goals. Doing what you so say I, you're going to doing do. Doing what I said to yeah. you, know, yeah. And then uh, along the way, I learned about triathlon and the beauty of data sport. So I started training for doing different races and gradually raised myself to the Ironman race. But I brought that up which mindset that you said. Uh, it's all about the mindset, the physical, with consistently the physical ability will come. Hmm. But at the time that you are, I don't know, 100 miles on the bike and then you have to go another 10 miles of probably a heel the only thing that takes you is your heart is your mindset is that yeah. set determination that i'm gonna do mind this. over matter mind over matter yeah so i, I totally it's agree. crazy how
0: the impact you know i really think it's very significant i'm wondering if there's new i'm sure there's research on it but i find the same thing true like if i go to the gym and work out and If I'm tired or whatever, like if my mind is not, especially with weightlifting, you know, or I mean, you could apply it to anything, like you said, endurance, like riding a bike, but I do a lot of weightlifting and I, I, I notice such like almost 10 or 20 pounds, let's say on a, on a weight of 150 pounds, Mm -hmm. I would say that at least 10% of that is mental in the sense of like, okay, if I'm going to add another 10%, like the, the factor of my mind can make that either very easy and doable. And there's days mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, boom, everything's firing and I'm motivated. And there's w- days when I just get under the bench and I look under it. And I'm like, ah, this is going to be hard. Let me just survive this. And it's like baseline level performance, you know? Yeah. So it's really interesting the the mental aspect of of that. Well, going on with your, with your new direction with this, Mm -hmm. you know consulting thing you're you're starting and all these new creative endeavors um what do what did relationships in your life look like when you decided to do that to reduce your working hours i mean obviously you know that's a a non-conformist way to go about it you know the status quo like you said is really about okay let me get that million dollar practice or again let me get that next car or house or whatever right so moving away from that norm, what did the relationships in your life how did they react to that and who was the most supportive
1: in your life? Um, my brothers are, really supportive. My, uh, are very supportive. My immediate mm-hmm. friends were very supportive of the idea because they knew me and they knew that yeah. they could see that I was, how excited and passionate I was when I was going through the learning experience in academia and then getting to the routine of business world. I'm not that same vibrant, motivated person. Hmm. My work was separate from my life. I go to work, do my job. I love my team. But then it finishes. I come home. It's like a second life starts. Got it. But since I decided to do this orthodontics coaching and consulting, the coaching consulting comes from the idea of putting the people, the technology, and the education together to create something Mm -hmm. in my realm of expertise. Which I hope in future I expand it beyond my realm of expertise, but yeah. for now, um, and what it affected, as same thing that we are here and we are having this conversation, a lot of people with higher level of consciousness were attracted to my life and my relationship with my friends and conversations that I have with my friend, elevated from just doing the routine and what is normal in the society. Um, I want to say I don't want to say abnormal but uh, what is ordinary in the society Mm. as a professional. Yeah. And okay, now we are having an extraordinary conversation, Mm -hmm. the distinction we had in a landmark thing. So now it really elevated my relationship to an extraordinary level of conversation. So now I'm contributing, I'm creating a reality out of who I am as an individual, not following the set rules and realities that is set by our um, Culture,
0: social yeah, norms, yeah, cultural norms. Yeah, exactly. And
1: that gives me, it's not that I want to go against cultural norms. Right, right. The idea of creating that is me, and just elevated my rela- the quality of my relationship and the conversations that I have in those relationships. Yeah, you know,
0: I think it's, I always use this metaphor to kind of bounce off what you were saying about a river. And you know, it's because it's, I love metaphors. They're a great way to visualize things, mm-hmm. you know, and, it's like if you imagine, let's say, a leaf floating on top of a river, a gentle river, versus the rocks at the bottom. You know, the river is, is life. It's the momentum of, of the universe that is pushing you through the world. Inevitably, there's no way to stop the flow. But how you flow is important, because you can flow like a rock at the bottom of the river, being tumbled around against other rocks, or you can float as a leaf on top, that is elevating you know elevating your consciousness in a sense you know so it's a good metaphor because a leaf why does a leaf float versus a rock a leaf floats because it's light it's you know open you know we we often use the word enlightenment mm-hmm. you know but really if you think about light not in this holy or whatever other context but really just as a function like light allows you to see things you know light helps to bring clarity to a situation. So being light, you know, being soft allows you to be open and malleable, and that allows you to float above the turmoil. If you're a rock, you are very dense, meaning you are very set in a particular structure. You are very, you know, heavy with something. Mm -hmm. And that makes you sink you know at, yeah. at least in the river metaphor <laughs> <laughs> you know certainly you have to be a rock in other areas of your life but um yeah so i think that was that was an interesting point you brought up i mean you know with these types of things there's always i guess a big break or a moment that you can think back to that was very significant as a catalyst for you i know we were talking a little bit, a bit out um, off air, like the last three months, something, you took a program that was a a catalyst for you to, to wake up and say, Hey, wait a minute, let me check into the momentum of my life, the river, where is it taking me and how do I want to float? Do I want to keep going, Mm -hmm. hitting myself in this cycle of, of what's expected for me and, and the rat race of whatever, or do I want to
1: do something different? So
0: what was that moment for you?
1: That moment was. Uh, that's a very good question. If I can point out a moment, I would say the most enlightening and opening was when I started reading uh, the "Start with Why" book, Simon Sinek. Mm. Oh yeah, I love Simon, Simon Sinek. Yeah. yeah, Simon' work. Simon has this really humanistic perspective to our things, and he clearly communicated that "Start with Why." And I was thinking, okay, I'm doing the craft that I love, mm-hmm. but I don't have the sense of fulfillment. Mm. And then Simon Sinek book came to my life. And I look at, okay, that, that element of why is missing. Mm. And based on his conversation, it's the limbic system, the core of my brain, the, the engine of my emotions and feelings. That is not engaged in the whole game because I'm playing someone else's reality. Mm-hmm. So let's find out my why. And that was, the I think, that was the moment at the early in that book that made me sit down, put my papers in front of me and write down because at the end of the day, you're living this life and we better be fulfilled hmm. and not to waste it on things that doesn't matter. Yeah. And I heard this, uh, um, they live a life in a way that you minimize the number of regrets you have when <laughs> you are 89 years old. Yeah, absolutely. So I notice if I don't do this and, and always, you know, this drawn to be with people and to be with a higher level of consciousness, spirituality in my work and work environment and everything was always in the background. I was about to miss it in the reality of the free market and business world that we have. You know, I'm a people person. That's something, maybe that's a pathology in our all healthcare in our country now. Mm. Um, in order to, orthodontics was certain cost, 20 years ago, now compared to 20 years ago, with all the advancement, the cost is less than what it was 20 years ago. Mm. So in order to sustain the same business quality yeah. and income and everything, something needs to change. So you have to add to the number of patients that you see, which same thing happens in our hospital systems, in our mm. dental systems. So at the time, maybe I would see 10, 20 patients a day and I make a good living, I take a great care of those people. Now to do the same thing, I have to see about 60, 70 patients a day. Oh, wow. And the level of care is going to change. I'll do my best. I spend my own energy and yeah, heart into But you can only split it. your attention so many ways. Split the attention. But then Simon Sinek brought this up, that like the CEOs, they talk about, okay, who we care about our client the most. And it was like, you never meet a client one-to-one. You are in charge of the first layer of people underneath mm-hmm. you. And that opened me up. With that, the people, technology, and education that I'm passionate about, and then the business model that I'm in. Mean. How can I take the best care of these 500? I see more than like 100, 200 people a week. Wow! How can I take care of those people at the really high quality that I am passionate about? Mm-hmm. Then I noticed... Then the coaching idea came in. Yeah. So if I coach my other colleagues who are already committed to a physical space and invested in the infrastructure of a physical location to see patients as a dentist, orthodontist, or whoever professional who's dealing with people who are in, taking advantage of orthodontic services. If I do that, then I can coach 20 people, use my knowledge, experience, and years of um, background and vision in the field to work with 20 people and provide the best care to those 20 people mm. so each of them are going to see another 40 50 patients so suddenly the trickle with this, down effect yes and uh if to, to point pinpoint it to a moment i can't but it was within a week or so uh that i was into reading the book and Going through the SCLP project that came to me, that I, okay, this is this is the shift that I need to do in my life and mm-hmm. take a leadership, uh, leading my own life.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy how some of those moments in such a short amount of time they can just change so much. Very true. Very cool. Very well, true. speaking of change, I mean, you are embarking on these new adventures. Are there any sacrifices or anything that you have to give up? To, to do this obviously you had to reduce your work hours and uh, that's an impact at least in the short term was there anything more significant that you feel that you have to give up as a result of creating the things you're creating
1: um, it's, it's the word sacrifice I think to me sounds sacrifice like giving up something mm-hmm. but the thing is here it's, I see it more of an investment. Mm. Yeah, I have to, I can't call it sacrifice because, yeah, of course, I have to. Um, I'm going against the normal current of the same analogy that you have, river. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm going to disappoint some of my friends or colleagues who follow the same path, right? And telling me, oh, next step, we're going to open an office, right? It was like, no. And then we're having a conversation five minutes. Down the conversation like, yeah, so it's it's a form of clinical service. I was like, so I'm going to go against that <laughs> norm. So I might disappoint somebody. But my idea is to design a win-win-win game for everybody. Yeah, And that's not always easy. So I don't call it sacrifice. It's more investment. investment I think any, k- any kind of sacrifice is some sort of investment. The 20 yeah. years that I spent in my education. Right. If I look at it from all the parties and fun times and games that I missed to spend on my education. From what you didn't
0: get, but rather what you got. It really was an investment. That
1: was investment in me. And I think there are two kind of people, those who are investing in themselves and those who don't invest in themselves. Mm. So I'd like to be one of those who invest in myself. And I think those investments, it's a little side conversation, but it came out. I'd love to share with you. Go for it. The investments in ourselves are those that nothing can take it away from us. And I, I learned that from one of my amazing teachers um, a long time ago, Dr. Rom And he was like, invest on things that nobody can take it away from. If you have a big house, if you have a big bank account, hmm. a storm or a natural disaster can take it away. That's true. But if you learn an art, if you know how to play piano, for example... Mm-hmm. Nothing can take it away Nobody from you. Nobody can take that Nobody away. Nobody can yeah. take it. That's, that's kind of investment that you have to do in yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I think...
0: Learning is the uh, most secure investment. It's the most secure. Yes. I like that. That's really <laughs> and cool. And it's not the... Uh, a lot of gems today, man. All these people I'm interviewing have so many cool <laughs> little life coats. It's nice. I like that. I really like that's... that a lot. Well, can you share a challenging memory, let's say recently, where... You experienced a challenge that was significant to you, and how did you deal with it? How did you get back to motivation? How did you get back to love? How mm. did you accommodate for it
1: actually I was in a um, in a relationship young relationship that for some reason it caused a lot of anxiety I'm usually a calm person calm cool collected mm. but somehow that relationship caused this extreme anxiety in me, which i do they know where it's coming from? You just from? felt restless when you were with that person? Or like, what do you mean? Like, Just the whole context of our relationship, the plan that we have, the way we mm-hmm. started, the way it was going forward. See. Just the whole thing and planning and taking it to the next level, making it serious. Mm-hmm. It just raised the high level of anxiety that I'd never experienced in my life before. Hmm. I wake up in the morning and my heart was like a big piece of rock hanging in my chest. Wow. And I was kind of scared. Am I going to have a heart attack what's going to happen what's going on <laughs> and mentally I could see okay this is a relationship will solve the problem but my physiology has changed and it was like now I'm looking back at it when I'm cool and relaxed now I'm healed <laughs> I look at it as a fun thing but at the time it was really not fun it was, yeah. it was painful it was true pain the anxiety was not fun and it was a big challenge, emotional challenge for me. But the way that I came out of that was, uh, advice of a friend. I started doing meditation, got involved in meditation and mm. stillness. That meditation and stillness helped me to get back on track and just cl- control the anxiety. And, um, it actually brought me to a whole new world that probably we we're going to talk about. It, we created this community of, uh, group that we get it, together. yeah, I was
0: gonna say uh, with your group with yeah your meditation group, yeah you so me, I started doing
1: that. meditation and while I was practicing and taking care of that um to get back on love and motivation and um raise the level of it said raise the level of dopamine, yeah. you know the dopamine oh, is in absolutely. charge of keeping us cool and relaxed and creative, absolutely. so I think I lost all the dopamine at the time, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to build it back up, We <laughs> drained it all, and a great thing we've all been there, but yeah. <laughs> And a great friend. What's your com- group called? You're on Facebook, right? Yeah, uh-huh. together, just be. Together, and just be. Yeah. Is the just it- be was the idea came from a great friends, um, and we added together to it because I believe in together everything Community, is better. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah.
0: Do you uh, guys do what kind of meditation? Is it? Is it like uh, using like Om or uh, vocals? Is it quiet meditation? Is it?
1: It's been about a year. We- we mainly used guided meditation okay. because most of us are beginners. Yeah. We have one of our great friends, Nushin. She's a Kundalini yoga teacher. Oh, She's nice. a meditation teacher. She leads our breathing exercises. And we have a and my brother, Pedram. They're kind of expert in this meditation cool. field. But most of us are new. So we kept it like more basic and simple, simple breathing exercises. And then... Uh, um, mainly guided meditations either by our group leader or the guided meditation that we previously recorded. Mm-hmm. And then after the meditation we share the share experiences and do have we have some conscious conversation around certain topics. So we talked about consciousness, we talked about co-creation, forgiveness, some basic and cool. You're gonna talk about self-love that coming up. So that's uh that's how I get back on to the love and Got motivation it. again by this new community of, which is yeah, I love ha- it now. Actually. Having
0: those little uh, refreshers constantly, I think, mm-hmm. are part of maintaining that that life and those beliefs, because we we tend to get wrapped up in that rat race and chasing what, like you said, you know, we talked about this off air, but creator be created. You know, you you have those imposing things that society is constantly telling you what you need to do. Yeah. And, eat and buy, and uh, it is easy to get lost in that because there's a lot more momentum from that end than in your end as an individual. So you have to create that community. You have to create with other people uh, a place that can provide you with a different momentum.
1: Yeah, and there's a fear, you know, and I talk yeah. to friends about this, and say, okay, we are doing this. is it what is in it for you? It's like, nothing. It's just the <laughs> right. best thing is the community and friends, right. and I'm, I get the chance to be a steal with a group of people, like-minded mm. people, but the idea is you're going to waste that time, so there's a fear attached to it. You're going to lose money and resources. Right. You're going to waste your time. And I hear this dominant conversation coming Again, from focusing
0: on what you're going to lose rather than seeing it as an investment.
1: Very true. And what is created for the past eight, nine months is a great community of people that we get together, have this conscious conversation, created great friendships out of it, And I learned a lot about meditation and I learned about that. You know, at the end of the day, whatever we are searching for, it's not out there. It's inside. It's in here, yeah. And it was not an easy concept to grasp. (laughs) And it sounds like one of those cliche conversations. But I think I I finally got it. Not that I discovered it, but now I know where to look. You found a place for it. Yeah, Mm. I found a place for it. The answer is not out there in that successful business plan or the coaching business. The answer Mm -hmm. is, within me yeah and so it was a really great transformation from the deep dark anxiety to the love of meditation and conscious conversation and elevating um the spiritual world which has been really pleasant
0: yeah that's awesome i mean um and you guys do that once a week right we do it once a month oh once a we month do it okay. once a month
1: yeah. it's in here in uh, in phoenix we called it, as I said, Together Just Be, yeah. and it's about just being. Can
0: anybody join that? Can you anybody can join. Okay. It's
1: for free. Cool. We Just recently, because a number of uh, participants raised to 35, 40 people, oh, and wow. it's constantly growing in a short amount of time, and we have to have a certain space allocated. Sure, We sure. open it up for donation if anybody wants to pay, but it's just yeah. absolutely, completely free, and it's for everyone. And you know, yeah. Tudor, there's one thing that was really eye-opening to me. I love to take care of people. Mm-hmm. And when we were brainstorming about the idea of our community, because the initial idea was by Nushin to create a holistic healing center. Oh, so we nice. had another friend, psychiatrist friend, a dentist, my brother, computer engineer. We got together and brainstormed how we can create a holistic healing center. Mm. And then holistic healing center, the conversation went and brainstorming session went by. I say, okay, if you want to create a holistic center center, we have to heal ourselves. That's true. How do we start? First. So start with Let's do meditation. And then something is organically created, which was not exactly the same idea that we started. Mm. But in those conversations, I thought, you know, we got to create something that is for everyone, mm. and literally everyone. And I noticed when I say everyone, I'm thinking about a certain number of people in communities and groups. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, the news, and I looked at those kids in, underprivileged areas, mm-hmm. those uh, people are in trouble and in pain and in discomfort. And then there a group of, um, I would say, selfish, unkind people to run some of those global shows mm-hmm. and put these people in harm. And then I, my everybody concept has changed. So mm-hmm. When I say everybody, I'm including the president of that country and that poor in Ethiopia, poor kid mm-hmm. in Ethiopia, which is starving. How can I do something that covers everybody? How can I bridge the gap? How know? can I bridge the gap? So it gave me totally a new meaning of, okay, I am someone who is passionate for everyone, mm. and then I reminded me of this uh, po- poet uh, poem, which is um, referred to Rumi. Oh, Rumi! I love. I, was saying, said, I had a feeling you were going to quote Rumi. Look at, I love yeah. Rumi. <laughs> look at the sun. Lightens up the earth without accepting. It's not word by word quoting, it's just the concept. I'm familiar. Without accepting anything in return. return. Look, such a love, what that such a love can do to humanity. Yeah. And if I can raise, uh, if with this community, which is a small candle now turned on, if we can create that light for everyone and at least have the intention to have that generous, sun like love. For everybody, then it would be a mission worth my life. So, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. The, I that's, love that. That's beautiful. I love it too. That's yeah. cool, man.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. Well, let's talk a little bit about these endeavors that you're doing. Again, I had another question for you. Even, I mean, I guess even with your meditation group that you're developing um, about obstacles, you know, what is a recurring obstacle? that you uh, have had? I mean, this has been relatively new that you've been doing these endeavors, but what have been any recurring obstacles that you have or maybe that you foresee that they're just going to be there? And how do you account for them? How do you uh, recover from them? You know, like what's Hmm. what comes up for you?
1: That's a very good question. The first thing I think comes up for me is just, limiting beliefs that I have Mm -hmm. and they're hidden to my own conscious level Mm. and then limiting beliefs that the society have for certain things and certain movements. So the first thing, that would be the biggest obstacle. And I think the way that I can overcome, which we've overcame it for now, it's about being open to organically Mm. evolving Events and people who are showing up in our life, mm. and staying consistent with the mission and the vision, and make sure we are not sidetracked. Mm. It's a it's a community formed based on pure love and giving. Mm. It shouldn't be just talking. It has to be the the main core value, at least for the for the core group that we are. Five six of us they are holding the whole community together. Mm-hmm. Until it grows and it becomes the reality of its own, then that reality will take care of itself.
0: Yeah, it's self-sustaining.
1: Yeah. So those limiting beliefs, I think maybe the best thing is maybe I the biggest obstacle is myself. Yeah. <laughs> My own limiting beliefs. And uh...
0: is there anything in specific? I mean, you know, we all have a different way of languaging those mm-hmm. those limiting beliefs. You know, for some people, it's you know I'm not skilled enough at this, or you know a specific fear that you know uh i'm gonna be like let's say you know with this podcast that i started honestly one of my limiting beliefs was do people even care about anything that i have to say (laughs) like who who the heck am i that people would want to listen to what i'm talking about and do i even know what i'm talking about you know so those are kind of the questioning thoughts and limiting beliefs that come up in my mind all the time you know Mm -hmm. uh so what are some, or even just one of yours, that you can think of that comes up for you?
1: The main thing was, okay, if we want to attract everybody, then we don't know who's going to walk into our space, mm. and that's going to be dangerous. So we've got to be selective. Mm-hmm. But if it's a community for everybody, we can't be selective. Mm. It's open for everybody. My vision is to go out on the streets and gather a group of homeless people and bring him in and give him hope and peace and that experience of a stillness. But but the fear, can I do that? Hmm. That that fear is there. That doubt of unknown, the fear of unknown, who is going to come in and how it's going to sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Is it going to perish after? Fear? Do I have to be so controlling? Yeah, is it
0: going to decay and disintegrate?
1: How, how much do I trust in organic evolvement of a community? Mm. How much my own... Controlling mindset. Okay, I have to do certain things in a masculine, masculine mindset. I have to control it. I have to have a strategy, yeah, path, a sure, business sure. plan. <laughs> and that's that's one of the limiting beliefs that I can talk about. Yeah, so the idea is that I have to be in charge. We have to be in charge and control of everything. When in fact, the nature has its own rule. And when it comes to humanity, it is one of the most evolved and developed part of the nature. Not the the best, but one of them. Yeah. And so I think there's a consciousness that we have to trust in that organic, but that limiting belief is there.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, I think anytime we want to create something, one of the, that's one of the, actually one of the transformation, one of the main transformations I talk about in the book that I'm writing is control and dealing with control. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're balancing control as an as a tool because you need to control to some extent if you want to create anything successful you need controls on certain things but learning where is control useful and where is it not that is one of the key ongoing transformations in life i mean look when you when you live with somebody in a relationship (laughs) one of the biggest issues is control you know if you're living together who is you know how you're putting your laundry where you know you get all these you know little arguments everywhere that we all can relate to but all those come down to control when you have partnership with anybody, when you're trying to create anything, control is constantly going to be challenged, you know, on a mm-hmm. daily basis. So that's, uh, yeah, I totally relate to that. Well, how do you, how do you deal with these projects? How do you get yourself motivated? You know, how do you keep going and doing what you're doing, both in your practice? Uh, as an orthodontist, both in these new endeavors, you know, there's different phases to uh, everything we do. And in, in the beginning, when you're starting something, I like to to see it as like this little seed that you put in there, you know. And you mm-hmm. have to overly water it. You got to protect it. You got to put so much energy. How are you accommodating for that? What are your strategies for time management or you know work-life balance for mental? focus i know you said meditation that's definitely one that a lot of people i've interviewed say mm-hmm. that they there's some level of meditation and mindfulness for everybody that i've interviewed about creating a life you love so are there any other strategies that you employ mm-hmm. to uh, keep yourself at the highest vibration possible to to keep these things
1: going what i've done in the past and accomplishments that i had and uh and probably I'm going to apply the same strategy here, which might be this time a little different, and there's some unknown coming up and ready to be flexible. Mm -hmm. It's a very practical question that you're asking. I think the key, mindfulness is definitely a great thing, to give it a pause and constantly have a fresh perspective about what's happening Mm -hmm. instead of getting lost in this chain of thoughts and events and everything. So mindfulness is the key. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to stay focused with the vision, mm. and education. Mm. And I don't mean education by classic, going, taking course 1A, B, by having a customized education towards what I want to do. So I would say the practical answer to that question is focus and constant learning and education because that is going to guarantee the final outcome of this project that you are running. It's going to be Something in line with the ultimate vision that is set. And at the same time being flexible. Of course, like anything else in the nature, it's not that the strongest and the smartest survive more. Mm. It's the one who adapts better to the changes in the environment uh, survive more. So to wrap up the answer to that question is focus, learning and education and being adaptive. To the changes and organic things that happens along the way yeah I, that's I my strategy
0: absolutely adaptability is key is and the key to and changing anything. especially now these days so yeah. many things are changing uh, I've noticed that especially if you want to get anything going we were talking about writing a book starting a you know whatever it requires presence in so many areas you know whereas before you know let's say 50 years ago I don't know before the internet and all this stuff it was a very different thing. You had presence in one area, and that was it. You know, you put all your eggs in that basket. And the way it is now with with all of these tools that we have, it's a beautiful age for creating a life that you love, really designing your life. I think you have more tools now than ever as a human being to design. Uh, obviously, if you live in a, a country that's accessible with that, but if you could design a life that you love. But it also requires presence in multiple areas and being able to, okay, if I want to create something new, that's not your regular nine to five and I'm not, you know, doing what somebody else is telling me, whatever, I have to have a community. I have to, you know, have this, I have to have presence on social media. I have to talk to people. I have to, you know, there's so many skill sets you need to create anything. You know, Mm. it's not just like you can just be a specialist in one area and expect to succeed. You have to learn to cooperate. You have to learn to diversify your skills and do other things that maybe, you know, weren't, part of your skill set before like with the education is what you mentioned mm-hmm. so
1: and i think one thing to add to that probably now you're talking it came to me is to constantly check that uh, passion you had yeah. this conversation with scotty King yeah, yeah about playing your passion i love I that think that's I love also that focus is one thing and playing in our passion and constant checking in and yeah. i love it the way that scotty said yeah constantly check in to see am i playing the passion is it part of that 80 percent passionate thing or it's just right they are, and if you didn't 20%. see that
0: episode, uh, we were talking about spending eighty percent of your, you know, uh, time on passions, playing your passions. It's uh, gonna be the episode right before this one. Uh, check it out. It's the interview with Scotty King, co-creator of American Wonder talking about his uh, life and creating all kinds of adventures. So it's a really cool episode.
1: That's a pretty cool episode. It and was and actually loved. very <laughs> an Impromptu
0: episode. Uh, Scotty was Payam's friend and uh Scotty was leaving literally like a couple days after I scheduled an interview with Payam today and he and Payam was like, you know what, you want me to bring Scotty over? <laughs> let's try I'm like, sure, you know what, let's do it and it turned into a really cool interview. So <laughs> check it out if you if you haven't got a chance to check it out. Well, Payam, uh, what is uh what are some advices that you can give to people in in your field, and they want to get into dentistry, orthodontics, the future, you know, the future Mm -hmm, of your industry. mm -hmm. We talked a lot about that. You know, that's really interesting, especially with AI, like you said, that's going to be changing a lot of different things, you know, costs for service, how we communicate, how we uh, talk to patients. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people coming up in the field, maybe that are interested in getting in dentistry or that are in school right now? Or maybe they're just freshly graduated. So what, from your experience, you've had a very
1: diverse experience in that. Yeah. So I step it up a little bit to what I'm closer to now, which is dental students who want to get into orthodontics. That would be my first yeah, yeah. thing. You know, if you are really love this field, if you love the craft, if you love the science of it, then come to this field. Otherwise, just for the sake of that you're a competitive person and you think you're going to make a good financial future, please don't choose it because the future is changing Mm. and the profession needs people who genuinely love the art and craft. And people and patients need people who are genuinely love this craft to come into this field. Mm. And um, because, you know, orthodontics and oral surgery in specialized fields, one of the most competitive fields to get in Oh yeah. So I noticed the tendency: some people just because they're competitive, right? Because they choose exclusive. our field, right, yeah. I mean, because it's exclusive. I'm top student, so I can do orthodontics. So I can do oral surgery. Right. I'll do it. But my advice is: please don't do it because just because you're smart and you can do it, just hmm. do it because if you are passionate about the craft of orthodontics, the the harmony of smart. If you really, I look at people's face and I see a symphony in their faces. Mm. And I said that to my co-resident at the beginning of my residency. I said, look at these beautiful faces that we look at and work with their face, with their teeth, with their lips. Mm. Like Every single face is like a symphony to me. Mm. And they I were like teasing that. me. A cool. couple of my friends, they were teasing me. They was like, oh, okay, come on, I want to show you one of those symphonies <laughs> 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 with crooked teeth. Right, but right. I want to say, if you really have that kind of passion, if you yeah. see that symphony in people's face, yeah come into this field. Yeah. That would be my advice for my younger friends who want to specialize in orthodontics yeah. and take a great care of beautiful smiles of people around the world. My advice for my own colleagues is what I've experienced past, I don't know, I've always been passionate about orthodontics since 2001 when I graduated from yeah. dental school, but officially being involved in orthodontics for the past uh, few years. My advice for my colleagues is please give up the competitive nature of our professional world Mm. and let's get on cooperation. And I don't mean it as a moral value. The whole changing environment of the business and, as you said, the AI, the technology and everything needs our collaboration. Mm. If we compete with each other, we all are going to lose. We all are going to lose it to the technology. And I don't mean Mm. to... um, Demonize the technology. But the truth is, there's an extra element that is coming to many industries, many fields, and it's our profession too. Hmm. And if we collaborate, we can use technology for the sake of creating values for our patients and for our own businesses and our own lives. Hmm. But if we're competing with each other, then technology and people who are not expert in our field, they're going to
0: It's only going to enhance the competitive uh, and destructive aspects. It's going
1: to enhance the destructive yeah. very yeah. well. Yeah,
0: technology is a catalyst either way. So who's behind it, it's it's either going to enhance or, uh, well, it'll enhance either way. It's just, just your creative.
1: So my advice for my orthodontist friend is please give up the competition and let's collaborate. Let's put our thoughts together. With our dentist friends, with our orthodontist friend, let's put our thoughts and collaborate, and make this profession as evolving as it deserves to be.
0: Yeah, awesome! I love that message. I think collaboration is definitely the way of the
1: future. Yes, that is the, the together future. is better. Together <laughs> is better. I like that. <laughs> together, just be. <laughs> the name of the book actually, is Simon Sinek is he wrote a book. Together is better. Oh, together is better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
0: That's cool. Well, what other areas of your life are you uh, excited about right now, Payam? Are you creating any other adventures? I know we talked a little bit about uh, off air about uh, something in September that you are joining yes. uh, Scotty yes. on. That's really cool. So is there anything that you want to share about that or anything else coming up?
1: I am uh, what I'm excited I'm really excited about our meditation group to get a just be. I, yeah, s- I have a really great spiritual vision for that. I'm so proud and grateful to be part of that community. Cool. I am so, um, passionate, excited about Smile Family Orthodontics, this orthodontic coaching and consulting and everything that is evolving under that umbrella in my life. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about, uh, I have an, a half Ironman race coming up in weeks. Yeah, I few was going to say, are there any more uh, Ironmans yeah. coming up? <laughs> in two weeks it's coming up in oh, San Diego. I'm really excited about that. I'm kind of scared and ready. I haven't yeah. trained well, but, um. That's really fun. Once you're there, you know, it's,
0: you're going to forget all about it. Though. It's so it's much fun. It's just the you're hard there, thing, yeah. yeah.
1: That's cool. And you know, life is an endurance uh event. It's not a it's true. sprint race. It is. So that's how I match it. it. My When it comes up, it's like it's part of life. Let's do yeah. it and embrace it. And I love those endurance aspects of it. That's so cool. that's the half Ironman uh, race that is coming up. And the next is in September, which, as you said, is Scotty and um, Leslie at American Wonder Love. They have these adventure tours around the world. They have mm-hmm. it in Bali. And I'm planning to join them. That's going to be my that's birthday cool. week. Yeah, so I want to cool. be out there to do meditation, hike the mountains, be by the ocean, what and cool do yoga, and, and retreat awesome. everything in that one week. So it's pretty awesome. exciting coming up yeah, And everybody's awesome, welcome then. to join, actually, check and join us. Yeah, if you uh,
0: if you are interested in that kind of stuff, just traveling adventures, uh, Scotty and his wife Leslie are making some really cool stuff. So check them out. The info is in the other episode that I mentioned. So, well, any final words of wisdom, Payam, for our listeners?
1: Final word of wisdom. Anything
0: that comes up for you.
1: Final word of wisdom is. Life is. I thought about it today. Actually, today. We were talking about if something happens and we are in trouble, so we have to support each other. There's no access to food, just a hypothetical situation, like something happened in World War II. There's no food, there's insecurity, there's crime and everything, so we have to get together and we have to survive, we have to support mm-hmm. each other. Similar concept at the Nuha's Ark that we taught. And I went through a moment of fear. Oh, my God, that would be scary. Mm. If I don't have food to eat, if I don't have shelter. But the next thought came to my mind, so I got to make sure the family is safe, friends is safe, people around me are safe.
0: Mm.
1: And the moment that switch happened in my mind, the whole fear went away. Mm. It was all about giving, I'll protect and save the people around me up to the point I might lose my life. Mm. So the life lesson of that inner dialogue or inner mindful moment that I had with myself was life is about giving and is about walking beyond my fears. Mm-hmm. As long as I live within my fears and it's about me, what is in it for me, then it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a constant challenge. The moment Rat I give race. up the fear mm-hmm. and I start focusing on giving and protecting and supporting, then everything is going to be beautiful. So it's just mm-hmm. the the latest thing that I had in my moment of mindfulness yeah. came to me. So that's the that's word beautiful. I would share. Nice.
0: Love it. Thank you. Well, my friend, we are here at the end of the interview. How can they find out about you if they're interested in uh, the together is it together? Let's be. Was that what it was? Or? Together, just Be. just be. Okay. Well, today,
1: simply be. We gotta maybe change it, but for okay. now, it's together, just be. I know it doesn't flow Facebook, really well right? the name, but it just comes from the philosophy and idea behind it. Yeah, that's, that's why that's we cool. kept it. Together, just be is on Facebook, is on um, Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, Smile Family Orthodontics. I haven't launched it, but by the time I think the podcast is there, the yeah. Smile Family Orthodontics is there. So if you have. If you're a patient, if you're a dentist, if you're an orthodontist, if you need anything along those lines, consulting, advice, coaching related to braces, clear aligners, invisalign, or those kind of treatment, um, or even related to business of orthodontics and the whole thing, anything that adds collaboration to that concept, yeah. feel free to check on my website and my social media, Smile Family Orthodontics on Instagram, on Facebook, and um on the website that hopefully is off by now. And uh, let me know. I'll be happy to um, be your consultant and make the best decision in your interest if yeah, I have the opportunity. That's <laughs>
0: it right there. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much you. for joining me today, my friend. This was uh, great to
1: hear your perspective. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be with you, Tudor. Good luck with your endeavors. It's just the past. I know you launched your whole podcast yeah, and in, book January. the seven transformation book yeah. that you're launching good luck with that i'll be the first person who read the book so <laughs> nice. looking forward to how things I'll evolve i'll sure and to give you a
0: nice signed copy when it's published so. i love that <laughs> well thank you guys for listening so much uh this has been another episode of your seven transformations podcast today we talked about creating a life you love with dr payam Otad, orthodontist and i really challenge you to see yourself in Everyone's experience that I bring through to the show I've learned so much from the diversity of people I've gotten a chance to interview and I really enjoy sharing those lessons with you And I hope this episode has contributed to your life regardless of your background uh, Regardless of where you find yourself. So thank you so much for listening And if you enjoy this episode if you find it valuable to your life Share it with your friends if you think it'll make a difference for them. We also have a patreon account Uh, That you can feel free to share that. We have a way for you to support the show now. If it's something that you want to do, also check the website as well for that information. So, anyway, thank you again, Payam, and uh, we'll see you guys later.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you to all our audience for tuning in and listening to us. All right, see you guys later.
0: You're listening to the Seven Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, Stay connected at the 7